According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the defender of the word of God. Greetings, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Today's date is March the 3rd, 2019, and we are back on The Defender with another broadcast. Listen, we are so excited that you decided to come and be with us today. Now, listen, you have journeyed with us thus far. We've had some exciting broadcasts here lately. Uh, last week, we had our uh, good friend, a brother of mine on the broadcast, Pastor Renee Lanos. They gave a very powerful testimony. Uh, we've had some other ones that have come on and just really shared their story. So it's been very, very uh, intriguing to say the less and very powerful to hear the lives of different individuals and how God has brought them through. So listen, we want to say thank you. Thank you to the Resilient Christian Radio Network. Thank you to you, the listening audience, who come in with us week after week, joining in on our broadcast to hear what the word of the Lord is. Now, listen, if you've been with us for any time, you know that this is an outreach, the Defender of James Fox Ministries, and we are on every Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m., Eastern Standard Time and 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And so listen, if you want to be a partner with what we're doing, we would encourage you to do that. We have a page you can go to. It's called, uh, it's on anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. That's anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. And on that page, you will see all of the different broadcasts that we have. And you can join in with us. We have a three-tier level that you can give at, starting at 99 cents a month. And then there's $4.99 and $9.99. Listen, if we have been a blessing to you, consider becoming a partner with us and sowing into this ground. We want to keep this broadcast on so we can continue to reach the international airwaves with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So once once again, thank you for coming aboard and being a part of what we're doing. Now, this broadcast here, this has been something that's been brewing for quite some time. We've spoken about this in different areas and different segments and different localities, but I'm sure that if you've been paying attention to anything that's going on in the media or in the world at large, you can identify and say that we're at a place where we are truly entering or have entered that place of self-worship. Did you hear that? So tonight's broadcast is going to be called self-worship. And we're going to give you some historical uh, backdrop to that from a biblical context, because how many people know that if your context is wrong, your conclusion will always be wrong. So you want to make sure that you always got the proper context when you are dealing with the word of God. So let's go here. We're going to open up with the word of prayer because we really want to be infused and have the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct 
what comes across the airwaves on this particular broadcast. So can you pray with me? Let's do that. Father, we thank you for the Resilient Christian Radio Network. Thank you for the opportunity to come before your people. We always consider it a privilege to be able to bring your gospel truth to the people of God. Father, thank you for such an awesome privilege. And now, God, we're asking for you to clear the airways of any interruptions, any distractions, Father, that would try to hinge or try to uh, derail this word from going forward and for to receive the ears that it needs to be received upon. So we thank you for that. We ask you to clean us up, God, from our heart, our mind, and our soul. Clean us up tonight, God, because we do repent of those things that we've said and done as contrary to you, your purpose, and your will. Now, grant us favor that we may comprehend and understand what thus saith the Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all prayed that prayer with me? So tonight, like I said, our broadcast is called Self-Worship. And it doesn't take a genius by any stretch of the imagination to see that this is the era that we are in right now. We want to magnify and blow up a pseudo image of what we've constructed and what we've created. Did you hear that? So this is the area that we're living in now. Let me throw a caveat out there. There's nothing wrong with loving yourself. Okay. It's nothing wrong with having a, a respectable love for yourself, care for yourself, you know, um, self-esteem. You know, we're not talking about those things. We're talking about these exaggerated forms of self-worship that has inundated our society and has truly taken a hold of the hearts of mankind. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the gross misrepresentation of loving the self so much and disregarding anything that has to do with the spirit of God, with the commandments of God, with the ways of God. So you will be interested to know, and many of you already do, that this is nothing new. This is something that started out way back, <laughs> way back in the chronicles of time. And so it's just progressed now to where it is a, it's such a, a common thing that we don't even recognize what it is and when it's happening. So we want to give you a bit of context as to what we're talking about when we're talking about self worship. Or I'll even give it a subtext to say the religion of self-worship. Because that's where we are right now. You know, you can see the characteristics of that in so many different things. Uh, self-worship being one title, but then also you can you can understand that it's talked about in a form of will worship. And there are different traits and characteristics that goes on with that. So I'm going to give you an introduction here. When you come on to defend the broadcast, you need to have pen, paper. You need to have a Bible because we believe that you must go back and study the word of God so that you are informed about what is taking place. You need to have the knowledge, understanding, comprehension and wisdom so that you know how to navigate your life and those that are attached to you. 
So as we stated before, this did not start yesterday. This religion of self-worship did not start yesterday, and it's probably going to be here tomorrow and the next day after that until our Lord and Savior comes back. But as a believer, you need to be conscious and you need to be aware of the roots and the effect of the branches and the leaves and the fruit that is on the tree of this thing that's called self-worship. I'm telling you, it is destroying the nation at a rapid pace and is destroying individuals at a rapid pace. So let's get a context so we can know where is this coming from. So let's go none other to the Bible. That is our compass. The word of God is our guide. It's how we determine how we progress in life. So let's go. We're going to go to Genesis and we're going to go to chapter two, starting in verse four. Well, let's just go ahead and let, let's just, well, let's just go on and go here in Genesis. We're in Genesis, not chapter two, but we're going to go to chapter six. We're going to go to chapter six and let me know when you get there. Genesis chapter six. When you're there, just let me know you're there. And once again, I said we are reading out of the King James Version. Now, we know that you have your Androids, you got your iPads and all of that. But for our broadcast, we'd like to go to the King James Version and read from there. OK, we're going to do that as long as you are there somewhere. All right. As long as you are there somewhere. We want you to be informed. We want you to be empowered. We want you to know what's going on. So let's go to Genesis uh, chapter six. All right. Let's read here. Now, this is talking about uh, when when the creation had just begun. Uh, as far as the Bible is concerned, it's talking about when it uh, there was a multiplication that began to happen on the earth. And so we're going to understand that now there's a rebellion that had already taken place. And this rebellion uh, had taken place uh, and it, it caused mankind to walk in this way. And there was a mixture that's going on. And you'll see that in this. So in Genesis chapter six, Genesis chapter six, now here we are. Like we said, let's get a proper context because, uh, like you say, if you don't have the proper context, then lo and behold, your conclusions are definitely going to be wrong. So at the at the beginning of chapter six, this was the beginning when Adam was created. And in chapter five, here is the Lord God. He's laying out the generations of Adam. And it says, I'm going to just go to 5-1 before we get to 6, okay? It says, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and he blessed them. So then it goes on and talks about the different lineages, okay? That's just, that's just for background study. Uh, it goes on to talk about that in Genesis chapter 5. And then when we get to Genesis chapter 6, after he's laid out the generations from Adam up until now, he says in Genesis 6, he says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, 
Then it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wise of all which they chose. Verse three, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, but that he is also, he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. So there's the 120 years that we get. Then verse four says, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. So let's let's get an understanding here. Now, what we're saying here, when he's saying the sons of God, he's talking about the angels. Angels that were on the face of the earth at this time. It said that there were giants in the earth in those days. And so there were there were angels that were roaming the earth. Sons of God, they had they they were from uh, uh, the angelic realm, and they were on the earth in those days. And it said, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, so they had the DNA construct of the sons of God, but they were roaming on the earth. So these were fallen beings, and then it says that they came into the daughters of men. And they bear children unto them. So now this reproduction has been going on. They started multiplying. When it says they came into the daughters of men, it means that they had sex with the daughters of men. And they began to multiply. And they bear children to them. Verse 4, that's what it says. And it says, and the same ones, the same, they became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now it's very key that you see that word. It says men of renown. Renown means that you're well known. Renown means that you're lifted up. Renown means that you're highly regarded. Renown means that you got a lot of uh, press time. You've got a lot of uh, influence. Uh, everybody knows your name, uh, your 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 uh, personality is magnified a hundred times more. You see that? That's that's what it means when it's talking about renown. It means that you've got a lot of weight that goes with your name, a lot of prestige, a lot of honor, a lot of people pay homage to your name. And so you're just renowned, you know, and it says these were mighty men of old, men of renown. Verse five, it says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So now there is a bloodstream that is running through mankind and this bloodstream is filled with wickedness. And so you can see this in today, but you got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, there is a place where these things derive from. There's a place where these things come from. Do you see this? He says that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. So here we are. We have the sons of God. We have angels that have now mixed themselves with humanity. They mix themselves with humanity and they, they're breeding a race of people. 
You see this. They're breeding a race of people. And this is just a, a bit of the backdrop of what we're talking about. But these are one of the main reasons why there was a flood that came. If you know in the book, in the Bible, and Noah, when Noah was building the ark and when the flood came, these giants were roaming the earth at that time. These men of renown were roaming the earth at this time. These supernatural beings were roaming the earth at this time. And they were drowned when the flood came. You see this. This is when God started over and they were drowned when the flood came. So this is some very um, powerful indications and scriptures that give us a backdrop to make us understand why we're dealing with the things we're dealing with in the 21st century. Why is there so much self-worship? Why is there so much will worship? Why is there the religion of self that's magnified over everything? Do you see that? So this, this is the backdrop, ladies and gentlemen of where these things begin. So it says, and the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for repented me that I've made them. Then verse eight says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You see that? It said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so you'll have to really get into the context and really read the rest of that story to really find out where we are today. So we know that the flood came and drowned them out. But then there is the spiritual component that is still alive on the earth in the 21st century. There's still that spirit that wants to be lifted up. There's still that spirit that wants to be magnified. There's still that spirit that wants to exalt itself above everything and oppose God in everything. You see that? And so this is why we have to be careful, ladies and gentlemen. This is the reason that there is such uh, an influx of the worship of self in this time, in these days, in these hours. And you and I, family and friends, as believers, we have to be very careful of what we allow to become a place of worship, and especially when we're worshiping ourselves. Now, see, I took a couple of uh, clips here that talks about the traits of real worship. And so it says here that underlying the apostasy, apostasy of real worship are several godless dispositions. Number one is real worship is arrogant and autocratic. It reflects the self-inflated attitude of one of these characters that we're going to talk about here. And this was Jeroboam in the Bible, the son of Nebat. And he devised a worship format of his own heart. And he set up people to be in high positions that were evil in their ways and evil in their way of living, in their lifestyle and where they come from. Because in 1 Kings 13 and 33, this is after we're talking uh, these things about Jeroboam, these things that happened, and we'll give reference to that. But it said after this thing, the things that was happening, it says he did not return from his evil way, but he made again of the lowest of the people, priests of the high places. Whosoever would, he consecrated him and he became one of the priests of the high places. 
So in this passage right here, this gives us an indication and lets us know that there are many people here in the 21st century that are putting people in leadership. They have no business in leadership. Do you see this? There are people that are walking around with titles. There are people that are walking around with different uh, functions that got different authoritative uh, uh, places made for them that they should not be. So it says here that these were those that were of the lowest, the lowest of the people. And these were people who had not been consecrated, had not been uh, set apart for God. But it said he consecrated them himself. And we have this same spirit that goes on when an individual is not ready, but they're still living a foul lifestyle and they get consecrated or they get a they get a pass to operate in a place and to speak, to teach, and to do things in an authoritative manner over people's lives. Do you, do you get that? See, this is why we have a lot of stuff going on in different churches, in different ministries, uh, in different places where there are people who have been consecrated to be in a place that they should never be in. Number one, because they're not dis demonstrating the type of lifestyle that makes it uh, conducive for them to be in that place in the first place. I mean, how are you going to be living life and being uh, called yourself a, a minister or a, um, a person who is a, a leader of any capacity over people or doing things and you live in a foul life? You know, you're out and you, you know, you're married you're married, but then you're married to uh, the world. You're married to the different things in the world. You know, you're at church on Sunday, but you just came from the club on Saturday. You see that you're preaching on Sunday, but you was laid up uh, with someone that wasn't your spouse the night before. You see that. See, these are the things and God is going to call a reckoning to those that are giving these passes to people. This is the spirit of Jeroboam. It's active and alive right now in the 21st century. Do you see that? See, this is what we're talking about when we say will worship. Will worship. Number two in here says it's a formal rebellion. See, in Judges chapter 17, verse 6, it's talking about that. There were judges in their days, that there was no king. In verse six, in verse six, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And so you know this is happening today. All you got to do is turn on the news. And you hear people say it all the time. Well, this is how I feel. Well, I feel like this is right. We're making all different kind of uh, uh caveats and all different type of uh, uh pronouncements but we have no guide when we're doing it. We're just saying that I feel in my heart that this is what it's supposed to be. Oh, I think this is what it's supposed to be, but we're not consulting the God of creation. We're not consulting the father of lights about his say and what he speaks on certain issues and things. And this is why we're in a position that we're in now. You hear people all the time, well, I just feel led, I feel like this is the way it's got to be, or I just think it's supposed to be this way, and you know, well, this is my truth. I'm living my truth. How are you going to live your truth? Jesus Christ said, I am the truth. You see that? I am the truth. So people that are professing and saying, I'm living my truth, where do you get that from? You're living your 
truth. There's only one truth. Anywhere that truth shows up, that's where Jesus is because he is truth. And so if you're living anything that's contrary to who and what he is and what he stands for, you are living a untruth. Does that make sense? I pray that makes sense because I hear people making that statement and making that argument all the time. I'll tell you like Dr. Price says, she said, truth is a realm. It's a place where you have to live in. It's a whole place. It's a whole uh, dispensation. It's an entire arena. And Christ is the governor in the place of truth. He is the person of truth. Do you see that? So it says that we'll worship in here. It says it's enslaving. It's a sense of self-determination and it's corrupting. It's intoxicating and ultimately it's destructive. Now, I agree with that. So then why is will worship so destructive? It's because you are elevating yourself. You're elevating yourself above God. You're elevating yourself above the things of God. Because you see in that passage, it said that these were men of renown. These were men of old, men of renown, meaning that they had a lot of influence, meaning that they were great, mighty, and lifted up. Anytime you see individuals that can't handle walking a normal existence and they got to be lifted up, they have to be um, put up on a certain pedestal, they have to be worshipped, they have to be adored. Remember, the whole issue at hand is because Lucifer wanted to be worshipped. That's why he was kicked out of heaven. He wanted the worship that goes to God. And so we got to be careful that we don't play into his tactics and we become ones that want worship of our own selves rather than the worship of the one true God. You see that? This is how these mystery religions begin. This is how they start. And it's, it's all different types and forms and fashions of how it continues on. But it's the same thing. If you look closely at the pattern, if you look closely at the DNA, you'll see what's at the root of it. Rebellion, pride. These are things that are at the root of these things that are, are, are coming to pass right now. And so let's open it up a bit more. Let's go to Colossians chapter two. Let's go there. Colossians chapter two. And we're going to read. Excuse me. In Colossians 2, it says, For I would that you know what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and as for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Verse 2 that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So let's stop right there. So as you can see, there are mysteries in God. And this is the whole purpose of it. This is why people dig the way they do and why they search out the things that they search out. If you're searching for answers and mysteries 
and you do not have Christ as the compass point and him being the totality of what you're looking for, you're going to end up with fleshly, dark wisdom and dark knowledge. What do I mean by that? Dark wisdom, dark knowledge. These are when you go to those that operate as occultists. They operate as mediums. They operate as psychics. They operate as wizards and warlords and warlocks, you see. <coughs> Excuse me. These are the things that we're talking about here. And this is this same spirit that's roaming the earth today. How could Harry Potter get so popularized and just invade in Christianity like he has? Because we let our guards down. We didn't guard the fort. You see that? How can we have so many Christians claiming to be Christian witches? It don't make sense. Those two things can't be in the same sentence. There's no way possible. Why is there a difference between white magic and black magic when it's all magic? Do you see that? See, we've we've given passes to things and to, to, to systems and to thought processes and philosophies that are doing extreme damage to people now, now in these days and time, right now. Why is there such an emphasis on yoga practices? Well, I'm a Christian yoga instructor. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. How can you be a Christian yoga instructor when you are dealing with two different gods or one God and several zillion different other gods. You see that? See, these are the things that we're talking about. And this is when this spirit came in, when the angels of God began to mix with the daughters of men. They brought that heavenly blueprint, the knowledge. They brought that knowledge into the race of people that were being born on the earth. You see that? And so this same hunger this same desire, this same zeal, this same quest for knowledge, it exists today and it's still here today. This is why you have so many different variations of the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ, but you got all these different variations of him and people trying to pose their particular brand as the original authoritative, authoritative content. You see that? This is why the Bible is debased like it is, why it is called antiquated, why it's called outdated. Because we have this spirit of self-will, this spirit of self-worship that has invaded the minds and the hearts of the people who are supposed to be sold out to God. Do you say that? See, this is why Paul is putting this in his particular passage. You can look at the DNA traits today and see it. Every time you turn around, somebody's got to be blown up, larger than life. We have to magnify ourselves, magnify our flesh, magnify who we are, magnify it to such a degree that Christ is not seen in any of it. You see that. See, this is why it said the mystery of God, the Father and of Christ in whom are hid. See, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, everything that people are searching and looking for, it's in Christ. But they want to come in outside the gate and get it some other way. 
This is why in verse five, Paul says, for though I be absent in the flesh, he says, yet am I with you. You see that? He says, yet I'm with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. You see that? And see, before that verse, he said in verse four, he said, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Well, why would he say that? If you're being beguiled, that means you're being tricked. If you're being beguiled, that means somebody is doing something so subtly that you really can't recognize what they're doing. You see that all it takes is a little bit of twisting, a little bit of turning, and you begin to believe the lie and it gets woven into your consciousness. It gets woven into the fabric of your DNA, into your belief system until you are totally beguiled and you're totally enticed. And this is why we got to be careful of what we are letting happen to us and letting it happen to our children and our children's children. See, if you got a philosophy that you're holding on to and Jesus Christ is not the foundation of it, you've been beguiled. Did you hear that? You've been beguiled. And so I speak this because we got so many different variations of people trying to take a partial truth and make a full doctrine and a belief system out of it. Let me just emphatically say, Jesus Christ is not a black man. Jesus Christ is not a white man. Did you hear that? I hope you heard that. He doesn't belong to any specific uh, identity group as far as their racial makeup and characteristic. Now, he came as a Jew. He came in the Jewish nation for a purpose of God displaying that God was pulling out a certain people to consecrate him to himself. Now, that doesn't make a Jewish person any better than anybody else. It's the principle, in fact, of what God was doing at that time, what he would, the standard he was setting at that time. Do you see that? So we, we got to really understand this thing and study so we know what we're talking about. We got to study so we know why all these different doctrines and these belief systems are out here where we're seeing where it came from. You see that it said there were giants in the earth in those days. And the sons of God came into the daughters of men. So they brought all of that um, technology from heaven with them. And they began to populate and make a race of people. So here, Paul is telling you and me, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, that you got to be steadfast with your faith in Christ. Because if you're not, you're going to be beguiled. You're going to get enticed. He says in verse six, he says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Verse seven, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving, 
You see that? You're rooted up. You establish. You've been taught. And you're always giving thanks. Then he says, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy. <coughs> Excuse me. Did you get that? He said, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy. Philosophy, the love of wisdom. But as we stated before, if the wisdom that you're receiving is not Christ, it is dark wisdom. It's man wisdom. And as the scripture here says, it's a vain deceit, meaning it's vanity, it's proudful, it's boastful, it's arrogant, and it's deceitful. He says it's after the tradition of men. You see that? After the tradition of men. Then he says, it's after the rudiments of the world. It's after these things and it's not after Christ. So he's given us a key right here, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, of how you can stay out of self-worship. How you can stay away from will worship. He then goes on and talks about how in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, angels are also referred to as principalities. If you look in the book of Daniel, it talks about uh, these warring angels, how when Daniel prayed and he was, uh, his prayer was received, but there was a principality, the prince, they called him the prince, of Persia that was fighting him, fighting against his prayer. And Michael, the archangel, was contending, was fighting for this prayer to come through. So we understand that that means principle is first. That's what a principle is. That's what that word means, means first. And it says that Jesus, the Lord, we're complete in him and he's the head of all principality and power. Do you see that? So any power that we're seeking to get, if it's not in Christ, it's a dark power. If it's not in Christ, it's a worldly power. If it's not in Christ, it's a fleshly power. If it's not in Christ, it's a vain power. Do you see that? So he's given us a recipe of how to stay out of self-worship, how to stay out of will worship. And then as he goes down, I'm going to read a bit more. It says that he spoiled the principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. That's verse 16. Then he says, don't let no one judge you in meat or drink or in respect of a holy day or the new moon or the Sabbath day. See, and so right now we got so many people that are caught up in doing certain rituals that they feel like they're going to get a pass and they're going to get into heaven quicker than you and me because they're observing a certain ritual or because they're practicing asceticism. 
or veganism or whatever it might be. You know, it, it can be so many different things that what we're dealing with in nowadays and times. But it's telling us that, listen, these things don't make you or break you. He's telling you that Christ is the fullness of what you need to have. Then verse 18 says, <clears throat> excuse me for my cough. He says, let no man beguile you of a reward, of your reward, in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. You see that? Intruding into those things which he's not seen, vainly puffed up by his what? Fleshly mind. So in Hebrews 1 and 14, it says, and it's talking about angels, it says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? That's us. So angels are ministering spirits. That's what it says. So we shouldn't be worshiping angels, but we should be working with angels in this regard. They're to minister for them that are heirs of salvation. Who's that? That's you and me who have received the Lord Jesus Christ. We're heirs of salvation. Then it says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. You see that? So there he is telling us what we should do and what we should be. He's given us a prerequisite as to how we're supposed to be moving forward. So you see that in this, when you are not rooted and grounded in Christ, you will come up with all different kind of doctrines, all different kind of ways of thinking and living and being that has nothing to do with Christ himself. Do you see that? So these are things that we've got to be aware of. We've got to be cognizant of these things that are existing in this day and time. Will worship, self-worship, it is so apparent and it's so blatant in everything that you see, everything that you take part in, you can see the ramifications of it and what it's doing. So here in the Bible, it's telling us how to stay away, how to get the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding that we need, because this thing is not new. This thing has been going on since those times, and it's still here right now. There is a pervasive spirit that is walking the earth, that is deceiving the hearts of men and women. And this same spirit is causing people to walk in areas where they should not be walking in. It's causing people to believe doctrines of demons and doctrines of devils that they should not be walking in. And so those of us who are supposed to be holding the banner of Christ we're the ones who are going to get the judgment. The judgment is going to come to us if we're not holding down our fort. It's going to come to us if we're not holding our charges steady. And if we're not standing up 
for what God said that we've got to stand up for. So there are all different types of references in the word of God as to these things. I mean, we can look at stuff that we have going on right now with the passing of laws, with the open indoctrination and justification of child sacrifice that's happening. These things are not new. These things are not new, ladies and gentlemen. This, this, these abominations have been going on since back in those times. There was gods that people had erected, self-made gods that they had erected back then, even during biblical times. And when it talks about children passing through the fire, they would heat up the hands of this God that they made and they will offer up their children as sacrifices. It's the same spirit that's pervading through abortion clinics throughout the nation. Do you see that? So none of these things are new, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to understand where is this stuff coming from? The Bible tells us where it's coming from. The Bible gives us answers as to where it began. And what's taking place even now, the word of God is our compass. The word of God is our light. The word of God is how we know the way we're supposed to move and do and be. So it's when you're not in Christ that you search for these things. I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't put it any plainer way. How do we do this? You know, how did Harry Potter hijack the airwaves like he has? How did these how did these books and these things infiltrate and indoctrinate the people of God like they've done? Well, we let the guard down. How can you be a Christian witch? You see that? How can you be, <laughs> I mean, a, a, a Christian medium? You see that? How can these things, these things don't belong in the same context. They, they're, they're oxymorons when you put them beside one another. Well, there's white magic. Well, there's black magic. Well, I'm a white witch. <laughs> I mean, really? Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, these are serious times of what we're dealing with. Serious times. These spirits are operating and they are indoctrinating people. These spirits are visiting children as they lay on their bed. The spirit of mare, nightmare, visiting children as they're on their beds. When we open up doors and allow these demonic principalities to come in and to operate, and then they begin to wreak havoc in the lives of our children and people that are in our family. When we open up these soulish doors, it's all because we're not rooted and grounded in Christ. When you begin seeking knowledge outside of him, when you begin to delve into the depths of Satan and where his seat is, you're going to come up with all different kind of stuff. You see that? I'm saying this to you, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, because we're living in some very serious and perilous times. 
I'm saying this to you because we've got to go deeper in our understanding of the word of God. We got to go deeper in our pursuit of the things of God. We've got to go deeper than the surface. If we're going to get to the root of the problems of what we're dealing with, we're going to have to go deeper. You see that? You're going to need more than just a warmed up Sunday sermon to deal with these spirits that are out here today. You're going to need more than just an occasion of glancing in the Bible during the week to deal with these demonic spirits that are out here today. You, it's a must. There's no way you're going to be able to fight and fight effectively until you dive headlong into the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to give you stratagems, to give you blueprints, to give you protocols, to give you ordinances of how to move in the things of the spirit so that you can be a victorious warrior in this fight. Do you see that? So we're going to have to get away from just the mundane, topical stuff. We're going to have to get away from just the things that uh, bear witness to your spirit on a surface level. You're going to have to learn how to go deep into God, to find out the mysteries of God. As the Holy Ghost reveals things to you, the Holy Spirit will reveal them to you as you make yourself available, as you purify yourself as you seek God from a pure place. You see that? This is a very serious broadcast tonight. It's very serious. Because I don't think we understand the fight that we're in. I don't think we understand how deep this thing goes. And until we come to a place to where we are really ready to arm ourselves up with the full knowledge of God and go forward into what God is really calling us to go forward into, we're not going to ever know. We'll continue fighting a shadow and not being able to hit the real thing. You see that. So this is a very serious broadcast. There's so much that I like to pour out, but it's too much to pour out into one segment. It's just, it's just too much. As a matter of fact, there's no way that it can be done like that. So we just wanted tonight to open you up so you understand that this religion of self-worship started a long time ago. And this same spirit is walking the earth right now today, beguiling, deceiving, tricking, and bringing people into bondage. And this is why you as a believer have to be serious about your own deliverance. You have to be serious about deliverance for those that you are in association with. You see that. So I'm getting to a stage and a point in my life now where I'm just really taking the lid off. I'm taking the lid off of things and it's time to come full force with what, what God is depositing and what he is releasing.
It's time. Because there are people, generations, lineages that are being destroyed because we have not walked in the fullness of where God is calling us to walk until we've been too afraid and been too uh, fearful. We've just been too skittish to walk in this place where God has called us to walk into. So tonight's broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, has been talking about self-worship or the religion of self-worship, will worship. These are the things that we've been discussing tonight. And this has only been an overview. We gave scripture, we identified some things, but it's so compact in the word of God. And as the days to come, we'll, we'll divulge a bit more. We'll go deeper into this place. But just know that Christ is the fullness of all that you need. I can tell you myself, I spent many years searching through dark wisdom, seeking dark knowledge, because it wasn't Christ. It was a portion of the truth, but it was twisted with the traditions of men. You see that? So I went through years of that, through searching in that. And so God brought me out of that stuff, but he brought me out of that stuff so that I could come and be a witness and tell others not to travel down that road. So tonight's broadcast, as I said, has been a wake-up call for you, a wake-up call for me. And listen, we are on every Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender and hear all of our broadcasts. Listen, we want to bless you tonight. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you again at the desk same time next week. Have yourself an awesome week. And remember, Christ is all that you need. We'll see you soon. Have a great week. God bless. The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inerrant and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give His counsel as pertains to what He has revealed in His Word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyrighted by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.